Welcome to the CCUPC Cutting Room Floor, where we try to connect Sunday to the weekday. I'm Pastor James. And I'm Pastor Dina. And this week, we're taking a deeper dive into 1 Kings chapter 12. We were looking at the story of the splitting of the kingdom of Israel into the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Judah at the end of Solomon's reign, the beginning of his son Rehoboam's reign. Um, and looking at this passage, uh, Pastor Dina, this passage, as I mentioned, uh, looks like a passage on the surface, at least, about a passage about listening to elders versus listening to young people, but it isn't that. Um, and uh, so how did you, what did you pick up out of it uh, once we kind of scratched below the surface? And, and how did you resonate with the, with the teaching from this, from this passage? Yeah, I think as I listened and as I as I listened to your meditation on it, um, realizing that the surface very rarely tells the whole story, that each of the options that were given to Rehoboam may have been right or may have been wrong. And it all came down to the motivation and the relationship underneath. You know, he was given the op- option to treat the, the, the workers graciously and gently but the motivation behind it was to so that they might forever be under his thumb and so it was a Mm. manipulative kind of thing Um, the other option was to treat them harshly and um you know on the surface that seems terrible but but again the, the the motivation was the same underneath it to be able to manipulate them neither one had the best interest of the workers at heart neither one sought where god was was leading in the midst of this because the the gentle answer might have been right had it had the best interest of the workers at heart the the right answer was wrong because it was manipulative the harsh answer might have been right if if the workers were going to benefit from what they were building if if there was discipline that need needed to be enforced but it was wrong again because there was manipulation um and so you know what you said about about um are our power are we using our power and influence in service to God in service to other people in service to love and caring um, and and in neither answer was that true for Rehoboam because he didn't seek what God wanted to do he because he he was more interested in in the outcome in what benefit it would get him in what in which approach would bring him the most fruit that he was more interested in all of that than than where the wisdom of God was in the midst of it and and I think so often we face examples like that you know I think of the phrase well you're not wrong and we say it all the time (laughs) and and it's true like on the surface you you're not wrong for looking out for yourself or doing this or doing that but but when you dig underneath when you dig at motivations when you dig at at what the effects on other people will be, then it becomes a lot murkier, a lot harder. Yeah. Well, and, and I didn't say it, state it directly, but, but both sides, both the, the younger, the young men, which by the way, 41, I'm, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'll take it. I'll take, yeah. I'll take that as uh, in, in the best light possible. Um, and then the elders, both of them, they were two totally different actions, but both with political motivations. Yeah. 
And, and I think that's at the heart of what we're talking about is that, that we can do absolutely opposite actions with similar motivations mm-hmm. at heart. And that motivation can be wrong entirely, yeah. which, was, which was the problem here. And especially as last week, we talked about David and how he really was aimed towards the, the heart of God. Yeah. With, yeah. With the exception of that one little thing. Yeah. Well. That whole Bathsheba thing, we'll just, we'll pretend that didn't happen. Right. Um, you know, and you had made, and I think as we were preparing for this, you said it, this was kind of a, a throwaway comment, but I wrote it down because, it, you know, all of this requires energy and intentionality. And oh man, isn't that exhausting? <laughs> like, you know, it, it's hard to, it's hard to seek God's wisdom. It takes work. It takes effort. It takes patience. It takes surrounding ourselves with good and faithful people who will challenge us and who will push on us so that our motivations are revealed and so that our hearts are revealed. You know, it's much easier to find a group of people who will just rubber stamp everything we do. But I mean, that makes us like a bunch of middle schoolers who, Mm -hmm. you know, who just want to hear yeah, yeah, let's do that. Your idea is great. We'll do whatever you want. You know, know, fits into the theme of mean girls and and all that but to be faithful people you know and and as you said the the conversation about David last week started that like we have to surround ourselves with with people who are faithful who want God's will for us who want the best for us and who are willing to to say the hard thing and do the hard thing um, and we have to be those kinds of people too, as we're brought into other people's lives. And oh man, is that hard because yeah, we don't want to upset people and we don't, and sometimes it's not even, we don't want to upset people, but we don't want to do the work that hmm. it takes to, to challenge someone or to push back on people. I, I mean, I think about my kids when at some point I'm just like, fine, do whatever you want. I don't care anymore. I don't, I don't have the energy <laughs> to keep fighting about this and, And as I think about decisions we have to make and directions that we have to discern, you know, sometimes it is easy to just throw up your hands and say, do whatever you want. I don't have the energy to, to keep talking about this or to rehash this one more time or to think through this one more time with you, you know, do whatever you want. Um, And that's not a faithful position to be in. Right. Yeah. No, no, that's not, uh, I found the, the, it's actually in my notes. It wasn't a throwaway comment, but I actually had written it down. All of this requires us to spend energy in being aware of where we've automated God right out of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that is such a tendency because we like rules, because we like boundaries. We, I mean, especially as a church and I think especially as the Presbyterian church, oh man, we have a policy for everything and we just want very clear do we this, have a policy but, on policies? Probably. We'll have to ask our clerk. She would know. Um, but, you know, we just want very clear guidelines so we don't have to think. And yet the the depth of humanity, the, the, the differences of experience, the difference in situation means that we do have to be intentional and we do have to seek God's wisdom over and over again. Because, you know, this question that Rehoboam asked you know, if he had asked it in a different time or a different situation, 
the answer might be totally different. The more faithful answer might be totally different. Mm, and, and again, yeah. we're not given a lot of the background. So we don't know if the Israelites needed discipline in their life or they needed grace or, um, well, we did, we did actually have some background because they had just come oh, off, true. come off of Solomon yeah. who had laid on them a bunch of, of, uh, public works projects yeah um which were good things mind you the Mm -hmm. rebuilding of or the the finishing the building of the city walls of jerusalem building the temple of god yeah um good things but but it was a lot of labor it was a lot of labor yeah yeah and so again in a different in a different time you know as i'm thinking about when you know when the israelites were were leaving Egypt like that was a time for the leaders to say no no gather up your stuff don't let, let your bread rise like like get get it together and we got to get out of here like that was a very yeah. clear time to to put the burden of work on the people yes and so so those answers it, it you can't yeah it's a great example you you can't just give blanket policy statements about this is always right this is always wrong this is the way you respond and again that that it's time consuming and and tiring to keep having to seek God's wisdom. And I think too, you know, and, and then, you know, justify to other people why, well, in this case, you know, grace was the way to go. In this case, discipline was the way to go. And, and that sets them up to be polar opposites, which I don't mean to do, but, right, but to right. constantly say, well, you know, in this case, we let this group use the church building, but in this case, we're going to say no. And on the surface, they seem the same, but as we look at our mission statement, as we look at all these things, then then this is how God is leading us. I think of so many times during my life where I have looked at um, a decision that I have to make and, and thinking, I don't know which way to to decide here because I don't know what the, the, the right answer is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that wasn't, I don't think that was exactly Rehoboam's situation, but the principle still applies that when, when we are sitting in the, in the moment of decision and we're not sure where it's, you know, there are so many, when we automate things, we automate them for, you know, obviously right and obviously wrong situations. And, and too many decisions in life are like, well, do I continue to try to find a job in my field and I'm struggling to do that, which isn't as true now. Mm-hmm. That was a, that was a decision for me when I first started out. Yeah. Um, because I was trying to get a teaching job in a big 10 town. Mm-hmm. Like teachers were like water there. Like yeah. you could just, you know, um, and I wasn't from the area and so on and so forth. Or do I pursue something else that I hadn't given my life over five years of my life over to trying to become? Yeah. And, and what do you do in that situation? And, and it would be very easy, like Jeroboam or Rehoboam, in that moment to think, what's the politically expedient thing to do? Um, what satisfies the need quickest? Mm-hmm. Um or, or use some sort of practical wisdom and totally omit God from the the decision making process. Yeah. Um, and those are those are hard moments, and I think there are moments that we face um, far more than, oh, should I beat this person up or should I say hello? You right. know. Yeah. Yeah. We. Kind of painful Sunday school 
questions. Yeah. We we tend to reduce things in, into the obvious and forget that most of our most of our hardest challenges are are in the places where there's not a clear right and a clear wrong. I mean, when there's a clear right and a clear wrong, then it's easy. Yeah. Yeah. And and then and then we do just rely on on the historical knowledge of who God is and what God's asked us to do, you know, when it comes to, you know, pushing, letting a kid sit at our lunch table or whatever. The harder part is how do I welcome this person who is a difficult personality and may, you know, may expose me to some things I'd rather not be exposed to. And how do I be a a faithful Christian brother or sister to them and also protect myself or, you know, how do I handle this, morally gray area where there's not a, a a clear winner and a clear loser um and i i think sometimes too we we don't think enough about things and so we go with the most obvious answer which is just close enough to christianity just close mm. close enough to who god has called us to be to be passable yeah and and not not something that anybody else could take could take up issue with and yet yeah if we're really honest it still might not be at the core of what um where god is leading and i think you kind of got at that a little bit when you said you know the opposite of faithfulness is unfaithfulness but the opposite of unfaithfulness isn't necessarily faithfulness yeah there are far more ways to be unfaithful than there are to be faithful yeah for sure um, although there's still, I, I don't want to to paint that into a corner. There is a lot of liberty within faithfulness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but, it, but, it, I mean, this story illustrates it perfectly. Where you have two totally different sets of advice. Both, neither one of them is really faithful to God. Neither mm-hmm. one of them seeks to look after the the things or the will of God and to to cultivate that relationship. Um, and so, you know, in our moments of formation. You know, you know, if we come to church or we remember God in the in in the easy times, uh, but don't introduce God in the in the moments of of painful inflection or painful decision or 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 mind bending decision, then we have excluded God from all of the the intimate places in our lives Mm -hmm. like you were saying you know what are how about the the gray areas right now we live in a very very divided culture and yeah the number of friendships that have ended the number of the amount of polarization actually i can't even i'm starting to actually struggle to even watch the tvs in my gym now Mm. because so no joke um uh there's one TV, it's it's ESPN two, Fox News, uh, Channel Four, and then MSNBC, and I'm like, whoa, yeah, yeah, and and, and it, particularly the the Fox News and the MSNBC are 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 just like the amount of of trying to bash the other side that that I see in both of those screens on just the headlines because I don't get the audio mm-hmm. um, is is remarkable and, yeah. and it's really actually kind of starting to get to me. Yeah. Um, but that's how do, how do Christians interact with someone with a different political viewpoint that, that still claim the faith? 
Yeah. I mean, and we see that all, all the time. How can you be a Christian if you claim this? How can you be a Christian if you don't claim this? And then we're at an, an impasse. And, and when we get into that fighting stance, neither one, neither side is really seeking the wisdom of God. And, and I think, I mean, I think to seek the wisdom of God means to see people even that disagree with you as children of God, that then, you know, it makes it harder than to land in a all right or all, all wrong category. And we see it with all the, the hot button issues of the day with abortion, with the LBGTQ rights question, with, uh, you know, even, even police and, and police presence and all that stuff. Like there is, there are so many ways to look at each of those things and and ways that it, you know if we really work at it we can understand how someone would come at come to one perspective of, of the other or the other and to me i think i mean i think we in the midst of that is when we seek god's wisdom to at the very least give us grace and peace in the places where we don't understand or you know, where we can understand how you came to that perspective, but I, I just can't get there myself kind of thing. Yeah. And I don't even think it has to be the hot button issues. No, I, I mean, no. we can't even agree on, you know, what's the best, best methodology to help the poor. Yeah. True. But because I mean, uh, no matter what side you're on, I mean, no one is like, Hey, down with the poor, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, at, at least not on their official party plank. Uh, but, yeah. uh, but how that cashes out cashes out differently and that's you know I don't want to say but it's just not the hot button issue you know yeah no and and I picked those because those are the ones that are so often right f- uh, front of our mind but yeah but I just want right. to highlight that yeah. it's, in, it's in the simple stuff too like, yeah like hey can't we can't we f- I, here's a here's one daylight savings time Ugh. like we <laughs> not a fan yeah exactly yeah. uh the changing of the clocks and and it's it's just one of those things where it's like can can we just like yeah or or you know to pick a a topic from the life of our church recently is you know how we organize the sanctuary that you know there are so many ways to to look at it and to consider and to to wrestle with there isn't a clear oh all churches for all times should be organized like this yeah well i mean that was i mean that was part of the reformation i mean yeah the the location of the communion table i I mean in because it in traditional settings in a catholic church i mean the the communion table is the focal point whereas in after the reformation the reformed churches tried to make the word the focal point yeah um and it's funny because we are ministers of word and sacrament and yet our tradition still is like word yeah and sacrament yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the, the style of music and whether, you know, the prominence of the organ or the inclusion. The use of, of technology. It, yeah. Yeah. Even, even that. And so, and again, I, you know, I keep rolling around that idea of this takes energy and intelligence because as we think of all these things where we have to make decisions, where we have to decide, I mean, because we do have to decide, you know, Rehoboam had to figure out what he wanted to do in that situation. And, yeah. and as a church, we do have to decide how we want to organize our sanctuary, how we want to proceed with the finances of the church, how we want to organize ourselves from a polity point of view. You know, it 
it can be overwhelming to think about making all these decisions and, and seeking God in the midst of it. And yet that's also where our peace comes from. So you had mentioned, and that's a great point because that the, the foundation in Christ is where our peace comes from. And we want to, we, that's, that's where we want to operate out of. And one of the things that you mentioned earlier, and I want to pick up on that because it was actually something that got cut mm. from the, the sermon you, you had mentioned about, um, making something as close to Christian as possible to make it passable. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually that's something that in all of this, I focused on Rehoboam, but there's this little passage on Jeroboam mm. who it becomes king of Israel. And so, um, just to, to back up here, Israel as a united kingdom included the, the, the 10 tribes of the North and the tribes of, um, the tribes of Judah and Benjamin in the South. Um, after the split, Israel refers to the 10 Northern tribes. Judah refers to the two Southern tribes. Um, and in, um, in Jeroboam becoming king of, of the divided Israel, uh, Israel of the North, um, we have this where he sets up these, these golden calves, Mm -hmm. which sounds a lot like intentionally the Aaron and the golden calves when Moses comes down and Moses breaks the, the, the two tablets and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but, um, a lot of times if we don't know the cultural background, like we can look and think that, okay, Jeroboam is actually creating a new religion for the state of Israel so that, that he can, he can differentiate when really what he is doing bulls were actually a symbol for Yahweh mm. that were on um on Solomon's throne at, on on the lower part of Solomon's throne kind of looked like it was hold, they, they were holding them up and so there were symbols of Yahwism and so what Jeroboam is doing is he's taking these very familiar very familiar symbols that look like it's pointing to God mm-hmm. And he is using it to just curve it in enough to make it serve his political purposes. Yeah, I, I mean, and I think, I think that's what happens so often with our faith as as it bends towards Christian nationalism, as it bends towards the prosperity gospel. You know, on the surface, if you listen to prosperity gospel preachers, if you if you listen to them without doing any reflection or or digging. Sounds pretty good. It sounds pretty reasonable, orthodox, whatever. You know, and it's not until you really start thinking through what what they're saying, what the implications are. Um, and of course, some some of the prosperity preachers are out there going, you know, that it's a some are out there proclaiming it's a direct one to one. You know, the more you give right. to God, the more you'll get. Um, but but you have to listen for a while to to get to that. Well, I, and on the other side, just to uh, you know what the way um, the way that I describe the the other way that can go is we can focus on the 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 justice side so much without the yeah the other aspects of the gospel that it becomes the united way with the worship service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you know. There are so many ways to depart from what what God had said, and and we we kind of see that with the Pharisees 
of the of the New Testament as they you know they they worked so hard to keep the law and bent it just a little bit to fit what they needed that that they missed entirely what Jesus was doing um and you know and I know we had talked before I I do have some sympathy for the Pharisees because I really do (laughs) think they were they were being as faithful as they they knew how to do as they protected the law but but it's the same kind of thing it you know it 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 missed like sure it it it's not right to violate the Sabbath, but then if you're, but it's also not right to let someone languish in their, their disability yeah, too. Yeah. And so you, you know, you have this, this choice that you have to look at the wisdom of God, the word of God that, that lifts up life, that lifts up healing, that lifts up wholeness. And so you're kind of in a position of saying, well, you know, to break the Sabbath is probably less of a big deal than than to let someone die or be injured or be in pain longer just because you had to wait 12 more hours before you could heal them right um we (laughs) i think as people we are so good at bending the faith to fit what what we need it to be what we want it to be and and you kind of hit on that you know as we create rules as we create our own thoughts around things that we we can kind of automate god in the midst of it that we forget to keep saying god where are you leading this church like yeah we have this book of order yeah we have this the these ways that we've been organized but where are you leading where are you in the midst of it and where do we where do we adhere to the law and the the rules because they're helpful and they're, they help to keep us faithful. And where do we depart? Because they are stifling what you're trying to do. That's, and that's the thing, you know, for, for Jeroboam, it was religion in service to the state. Mm-hmm. Um, it was for, to prop up his political power yeah. in, in the infancy of his rebellious, uh, of his rebellious kingship. Yeah. Um, and incidentally, the the word rebellion gets used there, and it's it's actually a Hebrew word that is also translated as sin, okay. um, pasha. Um, and so uh, when it says that 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 Israel, all of Israel has been in rebellion to this day, it's all of Israel has been in pasha until this day. It's it's you could say rebellion or you could say sin. Mm. Uh, they're they're the same. Yeah. Um, and so um, an entire sermon on that. But, uh, you know, it was in service to the state. Um, and so, you know, what are we have to watch because we will put our faith in service to something that benefits us. Yeah. Um, and I think, I, you know, I think if, if there's anything that the past 20 years, 30 years have laid bare in the American church is that some of the faith has... Uh, been hijacked in service to something mm-hmm. and whether that was to pol- protect uh, power whether it's to protect uh, from potential consequences thinking about the any number of this of the abuse scandals mm-hmm. that came out in the past 30 years um, we have that that where we're using the faith in service to something yeah and and again Jeroboam he what he didn't create an entirely new faith he took what was there and just tweaked it just enough so mm-hmm. that even the faithful would look and say well that's still yahwism 
That's, yeah. I'm still worshiping That's Yahweh. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So I don't have to go down all the way to Jerusalem. I can stop at Bethel or I mm-hmm. can go to Dan, which is maybe closer to you. A- and he put it right in the way of Jerusalem. Mm. Um, the, the Bethel would have been right in the way to Jerusalem, right on the path. Dan was further up in the north. And so it was really a convenience matter. Yeah. Um, but but Bethel was was really just right there sitting saying, you can stop here. It's okay. Mm-hmm. We're close enough. Um, yeah. And, and man, that's, it's a reminder that, that we can be so close and yet have totally missed things. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, I mean, it's a, it's a passage we reference fairly frequently, you know, but that idea of that, not everyone who thinks they're in, in the kingdom is going to be there that we, you know, in, in so many ways we have, we have shifted our allegiance so much that we, we think we've convinced ourselves that this is the right, good Christian way. And yet it's so far from what, from what the wisdom of God would, would reveal to us if we really stopped to think and, and invite God into the conversation and into yeah. the decisions and, and also surround ourselves with other people who are, are committed to individual conversation with God and, and community discernment together. Um, I think, I think you need, because we don't have the direct voice of God anymore and we don't even have an evolving written word of God. We have a written word of God that's 2000 years old. A closed canon. Yeah. That, um, that, you know, we need to be seeking God individually, but we also need to be seeking God along with community and other people who are committed to both sides of that, the individual and the communal nature, because I've seen it happen where we're somehow in the midst of that God's will is revealed. And, and, you know, and sometimes it looks like complete unanimity. Sometimes it looks like support with reservations you know it's a it's an admittance of i don't know that this is the best way to go but since this is the will of the body i can i can be supportive yeah um which is different than the decisions that end up in forced support like i don't like it i don't think we should do it but since i'm part of the session or the vestry or whatever then i have to yeah kind of thing yeah um and you know those are difficult (laughs) <laughs> those are difficult concepts for us because we're a highly individualized society. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're not a collective society and that's, you know, that's a totally other continuum that would have its, its own things to say about, about, um, about this passage. Yeah. Yeah. So this was a, this was a tough one. Um, in terms of, uh, I think, you know, as you said, just realizing that it's not either faithfulness or not it, that, that there's so much, there's so much room for us to be faithful and there's so much room for us to miss the mark. And we really have to do the hard work of, of digging at what's under the surface and digging at motivation and digging at what, um, what underlies these surface kinds of things. Because, you know, once you get out of kindergarten, it's, it's very rarely black and white. It's very, very rarely, a an easy decision, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
I mean, even in kindergarten, it's probably pretty hard. <laughs> yes. And, and that's, uh, you know, one of the things that I, as I'm thinking about this, and, and we didn't talk about this, but but it's probably a good thing to bring up. You know, I talk about, uh, my main idea was faithfulness is a believer's true north. Mm-hmm. And we've talked a lot about faithfulness and unfaithfulness. Um, but w- w- I think it's important to reiterate that this is a totally different issue for, than God's loving kindness towards us. Mm-hmm. Um, that even in the midst of, because there are a lot of ways to to not exercise faithfulness. There are a lot of ways to forget God. Um, and And... I even find myself at times having preached on this, thinking about issues and then going, oh, wow, I should be praying, God, how are you leading on this? Yeah. And of course, you know, and then I think, oh, well, I've blown it. And so, but really it's about getting that process started earlier and earlier, recognizing and understanding that when we don't, that's not God going, ah, see, I don't like you today Yeah. because you forgot me, but his love and kindness is there for us no matter what, supporting, uh, supporting and, and caring for us. Um, and that's an important distinction. You know, God isn't just, <laughs> I love the phrase in Bruce Almighty that, <laughs> that he's, he's not just a, a, a little kid with a magnifying glass uh, trying yeah. to burn off our, our feelers as ants. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think if we are seeking the wisdom of God, if we are seeking the true North, then, then we can hold in perspective that, even if I get this wrong, God isn't going to abandon me. You know, there might be consequences, but that doesn't, sure. that doesn't mean God doesn't love me or that I'm not worthy or that God's going to punish me eternally. Yeah. Because you know? we would expect human parents, whether we had them that reacted this way or not, we would mm-hmm. want human parents that even if we did something wrong and something disobedient that they would say, I still love you mm-hmm. and I love you enough to, to, to teach you yeah. why this was wrong or to let the consequences teach you why this was wrong. Even as I come alongside and, and continue to love you. Yeah. Like I said, not, not everyone has had that experience of parents. And so that makes right. it difficult, but that's the, that's the posture of God. Yeah. I mean, that, Again, you, I mean, that is the ideal parent who can love their children and still discipline them. Like love doesn't mean, uh, I've recently heard the term lawnmower parents. Uh, what? Lawnmower, Explain that. The um, parents that, that precede their kids with a lawnmower, pretty much smoothing every weed. And oh. uh, yeah, I had to ask questions too. Um, I've also heard- Helicopter. Like, no, that's different. Helicopter is- is I think more the parent that wants to control and protect. Okay. Whereas lawnmower also snowplow parent. So we've got we've oh, got all the okay. all the lawn care items out for this. <laughs> um, but the idea of smoothing it is November in Pennsylvania. The, so. Yeah, smoothing the way and removing every obstacle. Oh. Um, and I'm sure I'm sure there's crossover. Maybe you have a, a helicopter snowplow. I don't know. But um, <laughs> but you know this idea that protecting my kids from consequences, protecting, you know, making sure they're always comfortable, letting, you know, making sure they're never challenged beyond what they want to be, you know. Um, and so again, I think there's probably crossover with, with helicopters too, but um, that's not loving. Like that's not, yeah. you know, cause at some point there's going to be a consequence or a challenge that a parent can't 
solve for their kids. Well, yeah. You know, so that's not loving. Also, love, you know, it's not loving to go the complete other way and be so punitive that there's no grace and no right no forgiveness um <laughs> and so you know and, and to think that god has all that in mind that that there are consequences to our actions to our decisions to the places where we don't seek god's wisdom to the places where we do make the wrong choice because sometimes we do you know that whole battle of the flesh thing is real still um, yes yes it is you know but especially when there are peanut butter cups around yeah there's been a lot of peanut butter cups eaten in the office this week. It's not good. Um, but yeah, to, to think of God as this this loving parent, this this loving father. And I think people sometimes especially struggle to relate that kind of ideal to fathers because um, everyone's experience has been so different. And, yeah. and there are so many different ways that that, that can go off the rails. But but that's who God is. And I think when we can try, when we can remember that, I think that helps us to want to seek God's will. I mean, you want to seek the will of people who have your best interest at heart, who are going to challenge you, who are going to love you, who are going to stay by you, even if you make the wrong decision. So of course, when we, when we consider God as, as that it makes it easier to continue to to seek God's will in the middle of things. So so if we can get get one final thing maybe in here because you're kind of going around the issue of um leadership. Mm-hmm. And the fact that like as we look at this passage Rehoboam was a leader. Mm-hmm. He does not listen to the people. No. I mean there there's evidence that backing up what the people say. They're not just being like I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Um but he, they are actually you know like hey we have just rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. We built the house of God itself. Yeah. Uh, we've built the terraces. We've done all the landscaping. Like we are tired. Could you please remove this yoke from us? Mm-hmm. Um, could you please, you know, can we dial it back? Yeah. And, and Rehoboam doesn't listen. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, it was wise for him to say three days, but you know, in that time, he just asks, what's your advice? He doesn't investigate like, hey, it, was it really taxing for yeah. these people? Like, it, are, is what they're saying true? Yeah, and I mean, and I think of teachers who are in charge of a classroom, who they have to lead, but they also have to listen to their students when they say, we're not ready for this test. And and discern, is it just because it's going to be a hard test and you don't want to do it? Are you really not ready? Is it overwhelming? You know, we do it, we have to do it at the church too, as people complain and push back. You know, what's at the root of, of this pushback? It, you know, is this where where we need to, to plow forward and, and challenge the people? Is this a place where we need to say, okay, you know, this is too much too soon or too too much for right now? We do it as parents. I, I mean, I imagine those who are in charge of project managers and teams mm-hmm. of people yeah. have to do the same thing, like figure out where to push and where to to um, relax, where where to relax or where to bend. And it all it it's all a part of relationship, you know, Jeroboam listening to the people and also the people listening to him saying this needs to get done. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, Again, each of those examples, there's got to be a relationship there. And and hopefully that's the relationship that we're 
cultivating with God so we can hear more clearly through scripture, through what other people are saying, through the sense of peace in our hearts, where to push through barriers, where to say, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't the direction God's leading because everything is, you know, everything's a challenge. Um, and especially as a pastor, I think that's super hard yeah. to figure, figure out. I think probably I tend to not push hard enough. Um, but, but I know, I mean, I know people that have then like, you know, gone through like a battering ram and, and (laughs) that's no good either. It's gotta be a relationship. Yeah. Well, and and I think, you know, that instructs us how as Christians, then we can go into workplaces and we can Mm -hmm. go into teams and we can exhibit leadership. We can learn from Rehoboam not listening to the people and we can say, okay, part of my job as a Christian and as a leader is to go in and to make sure that I am listening to the people. Even if I have to go back and say, listen, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I know this is difficult, but we need to, for the next six weeks, really push. After that time, we will have the flexibility to yeah. to back off. Yeah. But But understand we need these next six weeks. Or to go in and say... Yeah, you're. You know what? You're right. Yeah, we are pushing. It is not going to be fruitful, um, and so let's step back from this for a second. Yeah. But to to regardless of what the outcome is and what we think the answer is, to make sure that we are listening to the people. Yeah. Yeah, and and I mean, sometimes that's really hard, and I imagine Jeroboam felt frustrated too because you have these things you want to get done and you you know sometimes you just want people to fall in line and do what you say without <laughs> I'm arguing the king. with you yeah yeah I'm the king I'm the mom I'm the I'm the boss I'm the teacher just do it um and yet the wise thing is is to to hear what's coming back and and to help interpret decisions and step forwards as you said to say you know like yeah this is hard but I think what's waiting for us on the other side is going to make it worth it or yeah this is hard but we're going to be able to relax in it in a bit you know we do that with our family all the time you know like okay we got to buckle down and and clean up and and stuff but a party's waiting for us and so yeah you know so we have to do the hard work to be able to enjoy what's coming or, you know, like, I know you got to get up for school. You got three more wake ups, but then you know what? Saturday, we don't have anywhere to be. And so, you know, there won't be alarm going off in this house kind of thing, you know, to, to kind of just to find that balance. And again, as leaders, the only way we're going to have the, the ability to lead other people in the midst of that is by seeking God's wisdom ourselves. Yeah. And what you said is hard and we, you know, a constant, a constant call back. We never get there. We never have, have asked God enough and can say, whew, I finally know. All right. You know, now I'm ready to lead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think of Peter who even after the resurrection and was like, Mm -hmm. wow, you're the Christ. You know, you read later on in Paul that even he kind of forgets that, oh, like, oh, Jesus wanted the Gentiles to be included as well and has to be corrected by, by Paul who wasn't even there during the life of, of Jesus. And so lots of, lots of good, uh, yeah, lots of good, um, whether it's leadership or life or whatever nuggets that, that, that can be pulled out of this story of Jeroboam and Rehoboam and, Mm -hmm. 
and the rending of the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Challenging stuff. Tiring stuff in some ways. <laughs> Exhausting stuff. Yeah. But, um, but thank God we have a God who offered that his burden was light and that, you know, the the more we live into this, the lighter that burden becomes and the less exhausting and the more natural it feels. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Good lessons for today mm-hmm. and for the coming days. Yep. So um, if you found this episode helpful, would you please leave a rating and review and share it so that others can discover uh, the hope that comes from Jesus Christ more easily, you know, at the, at the, at the core of this is the faith in Christ and that he transforms us and is able to let us live out these, these lessons. Um, you know, whether it's the lessons from the old Testament or whether we're talking about the new Testament, Christ is at the heart of it and knowing the mind of Christ is there. So, uh, please share these with your friends. Also click the subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. That way, whenever new episodes drop, you can receive them. We really appreciate your support. We really appreciate you listening. Uh, until next time, I am Pastor James. And I'm Pastor Dina. And we hope that this helps you connect Sunday to the weekday.